What's up, fam? Last week, y'all heard me talk to the talented and magnetic Annie Gonzalez. We were both in Napa at the Latino Hive, surrounded by all these amazing, beautiful brown folks from across all fields. I'm talking music, film, design, fashion, sports, you name it, we had it. This three-day gathering of geniuses is exclusive. We were all invited there to discuss ideas, tell stories, share knowledge, share space, bond, and most importantly, reset. And today, we're going to hear from those other folks who Annie and I met to talk about the importance of being around people that look like you, how to find your community, and take a reset. And hey, maybe this episode will become your invitation to pause, take stock, and recharge. Y'all already know, my name is Christopher Rivas, and this is Brown Enough, stories between black and white. Here we go. To kick off the first half of the Reset conversation, I spoke to one of the founders of the Latino Hive, Richard Abraham Rugnau. In the middle of the busy conference, we were able to sneak away so I could ask him a few questions. How did we get connected? Do you know? I don't even know. Shoot, how did we? Did I stalk you? I must have stalked. Oh, by your cousin. Edwin. 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 So we have an, uh, air quotes, an application process. And Edwin, your cousin, filled out, submitted an application on your behalf to be a speaker. And I said, I don't know, Edwin, I don't know who this, I have no idea who this Rivas person is. And so, you know, we stalked you on, on social and we're like, ah, he's got good hair. Uh, Let's see what we could, what we could do. Um, I'm a kind of guy, man, when I see something, when I see, I don't want to say potential, but when I see light, I don't let go. So unfortunately for you, Chris, I'm not going to let go until you tell me to, um, and that's how we got connected. So when you came the first time, I know you were in a quick, you were, it was quick. You were in and out. I had a torn ACL. Was oh, that what it was? And I had to go to surgery the next day. Oh, shoot. Um, but you made up for it because I think the following year you, you, you twerked really hard. But uh, that's a different conversation for a different podcast. Uh, and then, yeah, and then you've been such a champion. You have, it, it's exactly, you're doing exactly what I, what I envision. And that is, you know, A, you got religion. You know, you felt the spirit. And you undoubtedly wanted to share it with somebody, you know, and that's what we have to do. Like, listen, I can't really explain what this the experience is, but I can t- and I can tell you that I left feeling some kind of way that, you know, helped me, propelled me, guided me. And that's what I want. It just takes one person inviting somebody else, just like church. My first Hive reset was in 2019, and it was epic. First and foremost, because I was with a bunch of people I'm not normally around. One, a room full of Latinos. That's epic. A room full of Latinos and brown people who are killing it. Hmm. They're all killing it in their own way, mm-hmm. right? Like, to be around greatness. And in, in the blessing of being able to come back and, and keep coming back, I feel like some of y'all have seen me grow up, mm-hmm. even in a short time. Mm-hmm. The, the kind of artist I've become, the kind of stories I've chosen to tell, it keeps evolving. 
and and that's why I keep bringing people back. You know, someone who's here, you know, was a little on the fence financially, and I said it'll be worth it because of the reset with people who look like you. There is no pretending; you just get to absorb and soak it in.、Uh, And I feel like there's not a lot of competition. You've done a beautiful job at curating people who are not competing against each other.、Mm-hmm. Like, damn, why they got that? They're better than me. I feel like people are really here being like, "That's dope that you have." I that. mean, there might be some low key. There might be some low key shade that happened. <laughs> We're human. It's okay. But I love what you shared because I think, and I know that it's the other attendees that will also put people in check. Again, you know. We can, we can, we can, you know, check your LinkedIn or we can check your social. We know what you do. The question is, who are you? Who are you really? How was?、Uh, take me to the birth. What? When does this thing yeah, get born? So I launched Ico Nixon with a partner、um, after I left my corporate job. And I never felt like I could. In my corporate days, I was in public affairs, and I never felt. I rarely felt as if I could be an active participant in these conferences, the legacy organizations, which I don't need to mention.、Uh, and I asked myself why, and it was because the conversations just weren't relevant to me.、Um, frankly, the vibes weren't <laughs> relevant to me. The people, you know, I love all God's creatures. They just weren't relevant to me. So I said. Self, do something about it. And I've been playing with this. I opened up my big mouth, Chris, and I said to somebody 11 years ago, "I think we should go to Napa." It's like, "What's Napa?" Like, exactly. Let's go to Napa.、I'm、like, there's no Latinos in Napa. I said, and, but there happened to be a lot of Latino. Well, at the time, very few Latino winemakers, you know, in Napa.、And、we know that Napa is, you know, an ag、uh, region, so there's a lot of Latinos that just happen to be in the fields.、Um, but the beauty is that those kids that were in the fields working with their parents are now launching their own wines. That's what's dope, and that's what we discovered in the last 11 or so years、um, uh, being here in Napa. But Iconexon as a total, Napa is just one of our touch points.、Um, it really, we, we, I created it again with this、uh, gentleman, partner, friend, brother Benjamin、uh, Van Horn,、uh, because I think something was definitely stirring in us, and we wanted to have something uniquely different. We didn't know our first year; we had 32 people, I think. If we, people would show up the following year, the following year forty-five showed up, then fifty-five showed up, and then now today we have about eighty-five. We cap it; it's highly curated.、Uh, why? Because we want to, we, you know, we 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 curate passion, purpose, and spirit. We don't curate you for you know your big your big title. Now, if you got a big check, that's a different conversation. We curate. <laughs> we curate. <laughs>、uh, you. Someone said conference earlier, and you said get out of here. Uh, jokingly, was why I, is, was I jokingly? <laughs> why is this not a conference and a three-day reset? What is the difference? A conference is conventional. A conference is a,、uh, a canvas bag. A conference is a name badge. A conference is traditional thinking, just that word. And I think I know for us, if we want to align as a tribe, we got to think and speak differently. And I think when we say it's an experience or a reset, hopefully that also resets and resonates with us. Like, yeah, you're right. I'm actually not at a conference. No, no, no. I'm at a reset. I'm at a place to reimagine me. I'm at an experience. That's why we don't use that word.
I came here to reset, to surround myself with great vibes, amazing people, disruptors, a little wine, gain more knowledge from everyone around me, which is why I keep coming back. But what does it actually mean to reset? Richard has a pretty clear and distinctive definition. To reset is to, is to me, is to take pause and to ask myself what, so what, and now what? What's in front of me or what's not in front of me? What's blocking me? So what is, is that really blocking me? It challenges what I believe the truth to be. And then now what is, now what are you going to do? That's the hard part. A lot of us like to stand at that cliff and be like, okay, I see the view, but very few want to jump. And that's the now what, it's that jump. What's the, what's the future? Is it always Latinos? Is it bigger? Is it more resetting? Is it longer? Is it shorter? I don't know if necess- a bigger is always better. Bottom line is, I want the Hive to be our version of South by Southwest. I want to bring creatives, influencers, tech. I want to bring old cats who just want to reimagine their young, younger self. Uh, I want to have this uh, true community. And, and it's beginning, that's it, always been the vision to have a community that was made up of all different disciplines, titles, industries coming together to create big change in magic. So how's, what's the future? The future really involves young people. It has to. And what's interesting is that with the young people here, I say young, I'm talking like 20s and 30s, it inspires the, the, the Gen Xers that are here, you know, um, to, push, to push further. So the future is, coming back to Napa, the future is um, probably more investment talk as well, I think more investment talk. I think we need to do some more money talk and more wine. How does building community allow us to grow and learn? Building community is imperative because If you don't, then you're going to be believing your own story. And that story may or may not be true. So building community in in a way that's going to put you in check will allow you, will give you space to grow and be. And you also have to do the work. You also have to say, hey, Chris, when you saw me speak or whatever, give me some feedback. Or, you know what I mean? So I think it's also good to hear from different perspectives because, you know, listen, I live in my head. I do. And I believe all my jokes are funny. I know they're not. I know they're not. I think my timing sometimes is pretty on point, Chris, I, I must say. Um, so I need someone like Chris, but you know what? You're kind of funny, but don't get it twisted. Like, you're not ready for, you're not ready for the stage. Relax. <laughs> for people who, they want to come here, right? But maybe they can't. Maybe they can't <clears throat> afford it. Maybe it's just, maybe the, you've capped your limit at the 80-something. Mm-hmm. How do they do this in their own lives? I connection, the hive, it's nothing special, frankly. Community is built everywhere. We just happen to do it over, you know, wine in a beautiful setting. To build community, you have to understand what you want and need. To build community is to ask, then what's my role in that space? And then to build community is um, how far do I want to reach? See, building community doesn't necessarily have to be the person sitting next to you, your neighbor. 
Building community also means that you have to stretch yourself. For me, again, it's being purposeful to understand a younger generation. I know I hate, I hate to harp on that because it makes me sound like I'm 100, um, but it really is out of my comfort zone. Uh, I you know why I like it, the younger generation, is because I heard someone tell me once that everyone should have a mentor 20 years older and 20 years younger mm-hmm. than them. Mm-hmm. It, it'll keep you in check. Mm-hmm. It'll keep you balanced. You know, it's your checks and balances. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's in this room. That's literally in this room, right? We have, the, we have the spectrum, and everyone is doing it and learning from each other and growing with each other. Uh, because when you make an intentional community... Ideally, no one has arrived here being like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I think everyone here still knows they're in process and evolving to be a better ancestor. I agree with you. And we have to ask ourselves more heartfelt, more direct, more honest questions of ourselves. We have to ask and not be afraid to ask for help. We have to be um, courageous. I was, I was instructed today there's a difference between being brave and courageous. Um, to raise our hand and say, I need help. I can't figure this out. And I'm okay to show up vulnerable. A lot of us don't do that, regardless of your age. Maybe the youngins might be a little bit more open to, you know, raising their hand. Um, That's hard. You know, it was beautiful to see a, a woman who spoke today say that she called you when, when she was about to change or make a decision. You know, and, and actually not just called you, called multiple people who yes. were in the audience. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I know, I know the blessing that you have been in my life. Literally, a book came out, and I traveled the country from people who were in this audience, who yeah, brought me to their companies yeah, and signed checks and bought books. That's right. You know, so you've been such a blessing in my life and, and, and all these people's lives. Thank you. I don't know. Sometimes that's really hard for me to process because um, maybe I need to operationalize the experience a little bit more to really understand um, impact. Um, you know, for you, Chris, someone said, oh, my God, you know, when you read that poem, I'm making this up. You were like, yeah, but I'm an actor. It's what I do. But for someone, like, I could never do that. So when you say, how do you build community? You ask the question. A lot of folks don't really know how. And this other thing, too, building community, I think we've all gotten to this false narrative. It's like love. Like, love has to be bodacious. You got to see, you know, fireworks. Like a, like a, 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 a proposal, you know, like a wedding pro- marriage proposal, right? Now it's like it has to be a thing. It has to be a pre- right? Yeah, it's got to be a production. Someone sent me a movie. Like- it's not that deep. Gender reveal. Jesus, take the wheel. Like, what is the problem? <laughs> it don't have to be that deep. Um, and and I, it's funny. I just said, you know, it doesn't have to be your neighbor. But I think building community actually could start with your neighbor. Your literal neighbor is here. Neighbor. I met your neighbor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is. Yeah, and and we're vastly different, by the way, age-wise, gender, how we grew up, you know. Um, yet she's my little tribe, you know, um, and I think that's important. And also, too, again, challenge our tribe to challenge us. If not, then what's the point? For happy hour? All right, I'm down. Last thing, please finish this sentence. I am here to reset because. I'm here to reset because if I don't, I will not evolve. Thank you, Richard. Your space and this community has opened doors for me. I've had the amazing opportunity to travel around the state to share and celebrate my book, Brown Enough. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll hear more about what this reset means for other folks. Stick around. 
and we are back all the way from Napa, California. I had to hear from everyone else about the importance of taking a reset. So I put on my reporter hat and headed out into the field to speak to some other folks. One of them was Rosana. This was her second time coming to the Hive, and she came here for a reset to be in community of love, connection, and creation. Why is a reset so important? What does it mean to reset? For me, it's really a space of creating. It's a space of possibility. You know, we live our day-to-day lives often in the have-to-do, must-do, the responsibilities and the obligations. And having this space really allows me to imagine anew not only what my life can be, but how I can contribute to others and how I can let others contribute to me. So that reset is really important for unlearning whatever has been learned throughout the year that isn't going to serve me well. Rest and resetting are, I think, I think they're hot button terms. I think people want to, you know, you're hearing like soft quitting or, you know, like <laughs> I want to do as little work as possible to, you know, get the same salary. What have we woken up to as a society? I think we will awaken to exhaustion. You know, the last three years have been exceedingly hard, whether it's been a time of illness, isolation, um, a context of conflict, a context of struggle, a context of being hidden to keep safe. And as we reemerge, we're also reemerging with that burden of what was lost during that time. For some, it's even forgetting that it was so much time and feeling as though for two and a half years, we really weren't living. We were just trying to survive. And so I think this is a real opportunity in this moment of resetting and resting from the burden of trying to keep safe to come back to being to be free, to be happy, to not have to spend our time thinking about the many ways we have to keep ourselves safe and the people we love safe, but really not feeling that living life is a threat. So that's the moment I find find myself in. How important is it? I imagine you maybe go to a lot of these. How many of them are a bunch of brown people and d- does it matter? Does it, is it actually making a difference? Am I making it up that it's making a difference? What's happening? It makes a difference, but it also makes a difference the kind of brown people who are in the room. You know, it's one thing to go to a gathering and it's about people focused on their careers or people focused exclusively on making more money or people focused exclusively on what getting ahead looks like, whatever that looks like. Versus coming into a space where whoever you are is who you are, you're welcome. Whatever you're up to, we're going to support it. Whatever you're seeking to create, we want to give energy and breath to it. It isn't a competition for who's better, greater, richer. It's an opportunity for us to come together and just imagine a future where there is no lack, where abundance is what we're creating and building from as opposed to this idea that life is a grind, life is a hustle, life is exhausting. The time we spend together at the Hive is really that opportunity to breathe. And when we exhale, it's not from exhaustion. It's a setup for the next breath that's going to come in that leads to what's next. Please finish the sentence. 
I am here to reset because... I am here to reset because the world needs our energy and the connections we form make a difference. Amen. Thank you. Anything else? I love you. I love you too. I'm really grateful for you. Thank you. Tomas has been coming here for more than five years. And for him, this is certainly not a conference or a convention. It's a family reunion. Tell me, why do you think this idea of resets and rest and breaks are so high in social consciousness right now? I think there's, you know, a big awakening, <clears throat> you know, that that folks uh, need more uh, to be inspired. They're, they're looking for a deeper sense of purpose. Um, they're looking for a sense of connection and community, especially with, you know, COVID really was really isolating for a lot of people. Uh, but I also was very disruptive. It put life into perspective, especially when, you know, some of your loved ones, you know, maybe didn't make it through COVID. Some of your friends maybe didn't make it through COVID. Um, a lot of communities were devastated. And I think that, you know, folks now more than ever are looking for a sense of, of purpose. They're looking for connection and community. Um, you know, they're looking to to just get beyond the, the, the monotony of life, you know, where you're just grinding to survive. There's got to be more to life than that. And I think folks are coming into this awareness that, you know, not only are they yearning for it and they're acknowledging they're yearning for that, but they're actually willing to do something about it because they've been reminded that life is precious, life is sacred, life, you know, is not guaranteed. And so how do we make the most of every day that we're given um, as opposed to taking things for granted and saying, oh, well, I'll put that off until tomorrow or next year um, or when I retire, I'll do something I love, right? Like I think folks are, are realizing like, oh, well, no, you know, like I may not make it to that point, you know, whether it's a pandemic or some other, you know, uh, personal or... or natural disaster um, or tragedy, you know, that, that, you know, we don't know what life is going to bring us, you know. There's far more to life than grinding and surviving. Uh, why it took me so long to realize that or anyone or society, I don't know. I agree with it wholeheartedly. I've been in a place of like, I want to actually enjoy my life. You know, I, I hustle, hustle, hustle to make all these things. And then I found myself that I didn't actually enjoy it because I was like, what else am I going to make to keep doing this? Mm -hmm. So this is a gathering of, sure, disruptors, but we're also a bunch of brown people. So what's, why didn't that enter your narrative when you first described it? And what is the importance of being around a bunch of brown people? Yeah, you know, the reason I, I prioritize this space for me, I go into a lot of spaces where I, you know, am not surrounded by people who mostly look like me. This is one of those few spaces that I can come and, and know that, you know, of course, brown folks are not a monolith, but I can look and see faces that represent, you know, me and, and, and look familiar. And we share, um, you know, history, values, culture, language. Um, experiences of being marginalized and overlooked and undervalued, right? And so for me, this is an important space um, that we have a space like this, um, you know, to connect, to, to lift each other up, to support each other, but also to just be reminded that there's some badass folks out there that are, that are doing some incredible work, right? And even if we don't see each other for a year and we only, 
you know, touch base when we come here, right? That's what I mean about the family reunion thing. It's like a lot of times you're out there in the world and when you're the only one or you're one of a few, if it's isolating, it can feel, you know, lonely. Um, and then you remember, oh, I got my crew, right? Like I know I'm a part of this collective that is out there doing amazing things in the world that, that is really trying to advocate on behalf of our communities or other communities or those who, who are most vulnerable um, and open doors and break, break ceilings down, right? Uh, break down barriers. Um, and so for me, it's empowering to think about that because I, you know, I think that wherever you draw power from when you know, the road gets tough and challenging and you feel like giving up, because you're you're swimming against the current, you know, it's important to remember all that's at your side and all that's at your back. And so for me, this community is a part of that is, you know, it's empowering to be to remind myself that like, oh, yes, I'm a part of this this collective that even if we don't talk, you know, we we touch base here and I can trust that you're doing what you got to do to to, you know, make the world a better place. You can trust that I'm doing that and if we can find ways to collaborate and support in between, amazing. Um but the love is always going to be there and the recognition is always going to be there. Folks who are listening and they want they want family, you know, they don't have the they don't have the privilege or the ability or they didn't know about Napa or you know, but they they want that. They want that family reunion, they want that inspiration, they want to be around people who look like them. How do you find and create that community? I would say, you know, you don't wait for permission or invitation, you know, take initiative. You know, we're not passengers in our own lives. You know, we're, we, we can be drivers. And if that's something you, you feel like you're lacking and you want and you miss, you know, extend the invitation to somebody else. Don't wait for an invitation. Um, it only takes two, right? That's how you start to build a, a circle. That's how you start to build a community. Um, and then two turns into four and four turns into 10. And then pretty soon, you know, you have a group of people that share values or share a vision for what they're trying to create in the world or how they're trying to make the world a better place. Um, I would say that's the thing, you know, don't wait for the invitation, take initiative, take action, be, be a driver of your life and what you need and, and, and what others need. Silvia Alvarez is one of the founding members of the Latino Hive. She has witnessed the growth of this beautiful community and continues to be a part of its change. So I, I've been I've been blessed enough to come here uh, a few times, and it is both inspiring, but it is also recharging. It's a bit of a reset. Uh, what what is happening here that that inspires or recharges or resets, and what's the importance of that reset? I think for me, uh, it, it is a reset. Um, but I think it's it's deeper than, I think it's the connections. You know, now that I've been here for 11 years, there's people that have come all those years too, or people that have come in and out of the of the event. But I think what it is, it's the conversations, you know, and, and it, you're in an environment where you're, you know, you're enjoying yourself, you're having wine, you're, you're at ease, you know, and so in, in those, in that space, when you're at ease, I think you're your true self. And then the, a lot of those conversations, you get, you know, this, this beauty of maybe a new idea, or maybe a new path that you want to take, you know, maybe you want to set a goal, a personal goal that you want to accomplish, but through the conversations with different people, through the speakers, there's, you, if you're open enough, you'll connect with something that makes you want to go out there and do something different. 
what advice do you give to someone who's like, oh, I, I, I can't go to Napa or like, I, you know, where's my community? Where's my hive? Uh, how do you make that community? Did you have that community before this or now do you, are you like, damn, this is why community is so important? You know, I, I be, I'm a big proponent of having community everywhere I go. So I, I do build my communities at home. I have a community, you know, when I moved to Memphis, Tennessee, I had a community there that I built and I still continue to feed that community with, you know, my presence and being a friend to the people that are there. Um, I think it's extremely important as an individual to find your space that makes sense for you, whether it's your community at home, your community at work, whatever it is, you know. I would say to the people who can't come to Napa, be on the lookout. We we move the hive around sometimes and we, we go to different uh, towns and different areas. But also, you know, tr- try to maybe even find a member that has been to the hive and connect with them. Uh, finish this sentence. I am taking a reset because... I want to continue to grow. Growth. This community, the Latino Hive, has seen me grow up, you know, like family does. I'm not in the mindset of just being an actor anymore. Today, I know I'm more than that. I'm a leader, a changemaker, a creator, a disruptor. I'm a writer with a book out, a host with two podcasts. I'm enough. And this is why I keep coming back to the Latino Hive, because it helps me recognize the growth I have made and the changes I am making. I hope that wherever you're at, you are taking time to do as the Hive founder Richard suggested. Pause and ask yourself, what, so what, and now what? And if nothing else, consider yourself a part of the beautiful Brown Enough community.